Men, you're up against the world, the flesh, and the devil. This is the adventure, but also the challenge of life. But how do we succeed? We can't turn to the world for advice because there are so many varying opinions, disagreeing self-help books, and it constantly changes. However, when we look to the church, her teachings can often feel distant, overwhelming, or just not applicable to our lives today. We are going to distill down the truths of our faith today to help men understand the foundation in which their personal holiness will succeed. We also get to discuss an incredible new program for men, so stay with us. Welcome, gentlemen, to another episode of the Gaddick Gentleman podcast. We are your hosts, Sam Guzman and John Heinen, and we are excited today to share uh, on this topic of masculinity, specifically in the context of the three core pillars of Gaddick Gentlemen, uh, which uh, we think are essential to every man's life, uh, and we'll be breaking those down here in a minute. Uh, but before you do that, before we do that, please do check out um, the things on our social media. Um, you'll probably be getting emails about them, but also there'll be some uh, information about Catholic Gentleman Plus on our website. So please check out uh, what we what's coming uh, up on our launch uh, this week, uh, the Catholic Gentleman Plus. Um, it's an exclusive content society. Um, membership society for Catholic men that will help you ground you in your faith um, and enable you to live a life of virtue in the modern world that often is working against our faith and hostile to our faith openly. But this is going to be a society of men that is really coming alongside each other as brothers to support each other in this spiritual life uh, and in the life of virtue. Uh, so we're very excited about this. We've been working on it for a really long time. Uh, put a lot of hours into developing it and making it as useful and valuable as possible for men like you. So stay tuned for more. Uh, you'll be hearing about it a lot this week. So, Yeah, I'm just going to jump in here. Really excited to finally launch this, right? We're talking hundreds and hundreds of hours and multiple years in development. And so thanks be to God for that. Yeah, you can check it out in the show notes. I'm going to drop all these links in the show notes. When you click on it, it's going to be active. You're going to be able to take a look at it. And it has been just such a blessing to uh, to get your survey responses, to uh, really work on this and develop this from the years of our experience working in men's ministry. I also want to say you guys hear us talk about patients patreon.com slash Catholic gentleman a lot. We're going to be now talking about Catholic gentleman plus, and it literally is Catholic gentleman plus.com. And we're going to be talking about that a lot because that's how you're going to not only support this ministry, but how we're finally going to be really transforming uh, this ministry to, to um, let's say more intimately help the lives of men. We also have Catholic gentleman.com slash support, which is uh, for those of you who uh, would like to donate, but really aren't interested in a monthly, um, membership or a lot of moms, uh, a lot of wives that uh, that like to donate to support our ministry. We're so grateful for you. You can definitely head over to catholicgentleman.com slash support. For any of our Patreon donors, you guys help make this happen. So we are so thankful to you. I uh, totally understand if you want to drop off of, of, of Patreon and you want to sign up on Catholic Gentleman Plus, uh, we would be grateful just for you guys to join us and really get all that great content. Unfortunately, there's no real easy way for us to take you from one platform and onto the next. So it's going to be up to something that you 
you manually do. But yeah, as Sam said, we've kind of broken it down into to three categories, right? This um, we're having guest experts every month where you're going to get daily uh, saint quotes, masculine saint quotes into your inbox or your text messaging um, every single day or both. If you want, we are going to be coming out with new video content, uh, exciting new content on a, a multiple times a month basis, as well as bringing on a lot of guest experts that are, you know, very, very anointed and uh, experienced in talking to men and in helping men uh, grow in holiness. Really, it's for all ages. It's for men that are just trying to figure this out, regardless of your age. It's for fathers. It's for grandfathers. It's for single men. It's going to be uh, directed and guided in such a way that it will speak to the heart, the life, and the actual reality of masculinity and what that means and how the church and uh, Christ and um, their wisdom has has guided it throughout the ages. And so um, you'll get to hear a lot and maybe even some silly jokes. And uh, and we're going to have fun while while we go through this and, and help the lives of men. So the, the first pillar that we want to talk about and the first pillar in the category within uh, Catholic Gentleman Plus is your spiritual life. And we we chose the the pillars or the the categories or these foundational pillars uh based off of um three of the ruptures that occurred at the fall this all goes back to saint augustine city of god where basically we were our, we were separated from ourselves with god right god used to walk in the garden with adam and eve and we were created in union with him but that was separated at the fall then um <clears throat> We were separated internally, right, within our emotions and our mind and our heart and how to act, how to live, how to control our passions and desires. That was ruptured at the fall. And then the final one is relationships. And we'll come back to each of those. But for this first one, this spiritual life, I, I'm really big at this is the one that we got to get right, right? Well, why do we why do we go to mass? Why do we pray? Why do we pray the rosary? Why do you do your devotions? Why why do we have to have that conversation with with God um, our father and who is God, the father. So all of these questions and a whole lot more are going to go into that first, um, that first spiritual life. So I think our listeners have heard me talk enough. Uh, so, uh, Sam, why don't you take us away on spiritual life and some of the, uh, some of the important points that, that you're going to bring up, you know, at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think in the spiritual life really begins in wonder. Um, and that's really something that we have a hard time accessing sometimes in the modern world, where even times you go to the movies and it's these amazing spectacles and stuff. And we just kind of like, eh, you know, the animation wasn't so great, you know, <laughs> like we just, it's harder and harder to impress us these days. And, you know, people even go to incredible, natural, beautiful, uh, places like, you know, the Rocky mountains or the Grand Canyon. And they're just there to take selfies, like. It's just that we've lost our capacity for wonder. But really, if you're if you're someone who goes out into nature, you gaze at the starry heavens or something like that. All the ancients knew, like something stirred in their mind and heart. And they said, there's a creator out there. Um, and sometimes this this turned into like, you know, paganism or like nature worship or things like that. But as as humans delve deeper and deeper, it's like there has to be one God. It can't just be these lesser gods or nature spirits or something like there has to be a one source for all of this. And then the next step after that was like, so if there is a creator, 
Can we know him? Can we relate to him in some way? Um, and that quest has never ceased. And, and again, as we've talked about uh, the beauty of our faith is that it's not just man searching for God. It's God searching for man, you know, like, and God has chosen to reveal himself to us. It's no longer a mysterious force out there somewhere. The Christian revelation is that God has a face and a name and is a person and even uh, three persons that we can relate to in love. Um, and really that's the foundation of the spiritual life is realizing that first God exists. Second, that we're separated from God. But third, that we can return to God and love because he makes himself known to us. Um, and so really, I think that's that's the foundation of the spiritual life. And, you know, not, Christianity won't make much sense unless you start with that understanding that we're or there's God is out there. We've, we've kind of lost that original communion with God that you're talking about prior to the fall, where we had an intimate awareness of God at all times and in all places. But we lost that. And, and there's still like in our souls every once in a while in quiet moments there can be like a little homesickness that develops where we just know there's something more out there. Um, and, and if we follow that to its logical conclusion, um, it will ultimately lead us to a place where we discover that God is searching for us as well. And he is making himself known to us and he's drawing us back to communion with him uh, day in and day out. So that to me, that's where the spiritual life begins. No, I love that. I'm so grateful for you you mentioning that because that's just it, man. I think it's really important for what Sam and I talk about a lot, that unless we get this right or unless we understand this wonder and unless we pursue it and know that we have a God the Father that's pursuing us at the same time, we're not going to live a purposeful life. We're not going to live a life as we were created to live. And I think that's so important and and. I, I like the relational aspect that you just brought up. And I know we're going to talk about relationship later, but there's a reason because our lives with God, God, the Trinity is a relationship. It was a loving relationship and it is a loving relationship. And sure, the fall separated that. But I find that unless we unless we figure this out, unless we start discerning this ourselves, we're always just missing the mark. And, and by that, I mean, just to take it a step further is like, what is our identity? Like when I read through the old Testament now, it's like, wow, this is a part of my identity, right? This is God pursuing the, uh, the Jews, the, uh, you know, the, the people of Israel, this is part of our identity and God was pursuing them and he was having to, to guide them and, and, and direct them as a father, right? Sometimes it was very painful. Um, sometimes it seemed absent. Sometimes it maybe was a little bit, you know, strong handed, but God was pursuing them and trying to regain that relationship that was lost by, by original sin and by the fall of man. And, but I didn't know that. And so I think that's, that's why I like to bring this up is that I was Catholic since I was baptized, um, first month of my life. And I didn't really understand my identity. I didn't understand my identity in Christ. I didn't understand my identity in God. I certainly didn't understand my identity with, um, the Jewish people and, uh, you know, monotheism, if you will, uh, as you were bringing up, 
but we are. We are as baptized and as as followers of Christ, we are sons of God. And as sons, you know, we're a part of his royal kingship. And as sons, we are, we can make our dad proud. You know, we can, we can have that relationship that grows in, in holiness, that grows in love, that, that extends beyond us to other people. But we've got to get that identity right. And one thing that I like to talk about just to finish up this, my thoughts on spiritual life here is is better understanding who is God, right? Because as Sam was just saying, as you were saying, you were talking about, you know, polytheism, you were talking about, you know, kind of idol worshiping and and things of that nature. Well, how incredibly blessed are we men to be Catholic where we don't have to, and Catholic in 2023, where we don't have to worry about figuring those things out, right? We truly know the truth from, from from reason and from faith and from experience and from the lived tradition. We are Catholic and that is an identity to be proud of. But if we don't understand God, the father, if God, the father is still calculating, if he's still exacting, if he still doesn't want you to have fun in life, if he is still, you know, controlling and waiting for you to screw up so that he can just put another tally mark on the board, like that's not a father you want to be a son to, but that's also not God, the father, right? That, that we're so, uh, I think we get, we get them wrong and we're very exacting. We're very black and white and we see things like confession and we see things like, uh, the obligation to go to mass on Sundays as somehow a burden or somehow a, um, uh, basically controlling father that's just requiring, you know, too much of us. Well, I mean, I would say that's the weakness of your fallen nature speaking because we also are misunderstanding the the loving God, as St. David said, right? Our God is, is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And if we can remind ourselves that, if we can pray about that, if we can talk about that on a daily, I had to do it for, and I still do it actually, but talk about that on a daily basis of like, God, I'm your son. Help me understand what that means and how I can, how I can better serve you as your son, right? Men have to start um embracing that reality to to truly live the life that god wants them to live so for sure yeah the i love what you're saying because especially this piece of our identity um you were talking about the old testament and if you look at um how god revealed himself it was a progressive revelation starting with one man abraham and then it became a family, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then it became a nation, you know, Israel. But mm-hmm. what set all of those people apart, whether it was Abraham, the individual, or the family of Abraham, or eventually the whole nation of Israel, was this identity that we have been chosen and that we've been called out from among the nations and that there is like this in a sense, special relationship, covenant relationship with God. But what we see in the new covenant is that went from, uh, you know, an individual to a family to a nation. Now it's the whole world. Um, and But those of us who have entered into the Christian way of life, the Catholic way of life, um, are likewise called and chosen. Uh, you know, and at St. Paul and Hebrews says, you know, we're, we're a chosen people, a royal a priesthood. Like we've been called out from among the nations and we have through baptism entered into this covenant relationship with God. And so really the spiritual life starts with this identity, this, this, this awareness 
that I've been called out from the world into this relationship with God uh, of reciprocal love. Um, and, and how is that embodied? It's embodied through sacrifice, you know, and all, mm. the, all, actually all the world's religions have some form of sacrifice and Christianity and the old, in the old Testament, the Jewish people had sacrifice, but Christianity is unique in that we still have a sacrifice, the sacrifice of the mass, but we're not sacrificing ourselves or our goods. God is sacrificing himself for us, which no other, no other uh, religion in the world has a God who, you know, they, they have, there's gods that demand sacrifice, but uh, our God is one who says, I am going to sacrifice myself so that you can live. Um, and so we've entered into this covenant relationship sealed by the blood of Christ. Through baptism, mm -hmm. we've entered into this new relationship with God. And so living from that reality and from that identity changes everything about how you relate to the world system, if you will, um, because you have a new relationship that's defining your life. It's no longer about success or getting ahead or climbing the corporate ladder or any of those things the world says are of ultimate importance. It's like, no, we're living uh, with a new definition of ultimate importance, this relationship as a son of God, uh, the father. Yeah. And, and that's what defines our life. Amen. So you are, we're going to go through a lot of that in Catholic Gentleman Plus and in and, and far more detail. But moving on, another pillar, right, is and, and it's so intertwined, right? I think as we're talking, hopefully men realize that you, you can't live one without the other, right? That it is all part of what it means to be a unified whole, a man created by God at um, the service of others and and living a life and that a life worth living. And that is self mastery, right? So that's the next pillar that we talk about is self mastery. And that encompasses everything from practicing the virtues to dying to self to, to, um, asceticism and all of these, uh, you know, sort of points. And so one of the big things that I like to start with in talking about self mastery is not necessarily the practical ways that we can practice it. That is incredibly important. We go into that a lot, but the, the, why? Why do we practice self-mastery, right? Why is this important? And I think we need to realize, if you don't already, that we are fallen, right? It's so easy nowadays to point the blame at everyone else. And as the father's listening, you can see how easy it is to point the blame at children. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're causing me to, to be angry. They're causing me to, uh, uh, to, to think this and to act this way. Um, but again, that that's that's trying to look to other people to solve a problem that's inside. And that problem that is inside is this sort of brokenness that we are trying to heal. And this brokenness requires our ability to be aware of it, to acknowledge it, and to practice to heal it. And so how do we do that, right? So the, we got to understand what the virtues are. We've got to understand why growing in virtues, right? I always like to talk about how, um, you know, virtue means masculine strength, right? Virtus or vir means strength, masculine strength. And I love that whenever I, whenever I hear that is it's not bronze. It's not who's working out the hardest. It's not who is, you know, <clears throat> the strongest intellectually. It is the one with the most defined character, the one, you know, I don't want to gloss over that, right? Character being 
your the battle between virtue and vice within us, right? And the person who spends more time focusing on virtue and less time focusing on vice is is the man of of quality, the man of high character. And and we need this so that we can live for other people, that we can die to ourselves, uh, that we can realize our own feelings and the need for God's grace, right? Going back to the spiritual life, the need for God's grace to lift us up from our brokenness, from concupiscence that, that keeps us down. And honestly, unless we're practicing self-mastery, we become a slave to our devices, slave to our passions, slave to our desires. And I'll pause there, but but there's a lot to be said when when it talks about removing addictions from our lives and and to becoming the man that God created us to be and that which we can do within our own will and our own practice unified with God's grace and and his direction. Yeah, exactly. The this idea of like this wounded nature, right? Like the, our faith tells us like St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that our nature is wounded, but not destroyed. Like, and this is, this is one way in which Catholic theology differs from Protestant theology, where they essentially say there's, there's nothing good enough. Like, like we're radically depraved, you know? And like, but Catholic teaching says that yes, we're fallen, we're wounded, we're broken, but that image of God remains within us. And that is, um, that's where God's grace meets us in that, that kind of that, uh, original image that is still preserved, even though our our nature is is wounded by the fall, and it's it's really this disorder that you're talking about that enters in. Where yeah. picture like a solar system, like originally, like there's like this beautiful harmony, like all the music of the spheres, you know, like all these parts of us revolving yeah. around yeah. the sun, you know, it's this beautiful original harmony, and then like just picture like a massive asteroid coming and like smashing into those beautifully revolving planets and all of a sudden they're all crashing into each other and like everything's all disordered. Like that's kind of what it's like in our soul um, where it's like this original mm -hmm. harmony has been disrupted. And now we have these inner tensions and conflicts. This is as old as time. Like, you know, you would look at Romans seven, which if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it because it's St. Paul, one of like the greatest, you know, founding saints of our faith, like alongside St. Peter and and really, like what he's saying in Romans seven is, there's there's this something in me that wants to do what's right, that wants to do God's law, that wants to be holy, that wants to be a saint, and then there's all these like parts of me that are fighting that, like I doing yeah. the things I don't want to do, and the things I do want to do, I'm not doing. Like what's wrong with me? Um, and I think if we if you haven't felt that at some point in your life, you're probably already a saint. But I think most of us listening <laughs> to this have probably experienced that tension at some point. Um, so I, yeah, it really comes down to like this wounded nature, but then how do we restore that? Um, and, and I'll stop monologuing here in a second, but, but I do want to say like, Why is grace necessary in combination with our efforts? Because a lot of people might hear self-mastery, especially anyone who might be listening who's Protestant and say, well, that's just works righteousness. You're just trying to work your way to heaven or something like that. And like, that's not what we're talking about. But grace and effort cooperate. There's a beautiful relationship. But left to ourselves, like healing can't be 
achieved at the same level at which the wound entered. So like you just, it's just, you try to fix yourself and you mm. just go around and around in circles chasing your tail. Something has to come from a higher level and enter the picture before healing can actually happen. And that's grace. But as soon as grace meets that effort, then some things can change. And, um, and human experience bears this out. So, so we absolutely dependent on God's grace intervening, but likewise, God doesn't need, but he does desire our efforts. I heard one saint one time say that it's like a number of zeros. That's our efforts. And then one day God puts a one in front of all those zeros and they're infinitely valuable. So that's kind of like the, the law of spiritual life is God doesn't need our effort, but he wants to see that we're trying. And then when we he sees that something from a higher level, grace comes down and meets us there. And then our efforts become valuable in God's plan. Um, so, so effort, action and grace, like prayer and action or a labor, like they have to combine uh, and then healing happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate that. And so just to bookend that before Sam takes us into our final one on relationships, uh, you got me remind you reminded me right when Christ is in the garden. And, uh, and so he was praying in the garden and he found the, uh, the apostles asleep. And then he came up to him, he gave us the, the anecdote, he said, watch and pray. And then he finished it and he said that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And I just had to look that up in Matthew 26 um, because that's exactly it, right? I am every day tell myself <laughs> the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And and that's the truth, right? That's the nature of it. But actually, that's the opportunity, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift it, right? Because my mind just did here is that's the opportunity, right? The growth in virtues is something that is entirely dependent on grace from God. Yes, we can actively do it. Uh, we are not Gnostics, but, uh, you know, we do need God's grace, as, as Sam was just saying. But what an opportunity, right? And the thing is, is that virtues are infinite because they are from God. So it's not like we will ever hit a point in our lives where we reach the pinnacle of virtue. And I do. I like I like that. I tell myself that, right? There's never going to be a time in my life that I'm be like, my goodness, I am so kind. I have practiced kindness so well. Nobody is as good. As, and if I do, then now I got to work on humility because, because I've, uh, I've hit a, a, a point in kindness that my pride has, has, has taken over. But it doesn't work like that, right? So virtues we can constantly pursue. But men, I think what's, what is most important is that that this this is the journey this is the adventure of life and so we we need our spiritual life we need to grow in in our relationship with god and all of the aspects of the spiritual life that help us do that but one of the aspects to really help us grow in the spiritual life is our self mastery because we are fallen and we will always be fallen until you know, we become God willing, part of the church triumphant. And so we want to uh, be aware of that and be working on that. But again, see it as an opportunity and as an adventure to, uh, to, to grow in holiness and to, again, be the man that God has created us to be. So. Yeah. And, and there's one last thing I want to say on that department. If you look all around the world, um, there's these images of, Animals with human heads, like the Sphinx in Egypt, or the centaur in like Greek mythology, um, and even in Christianity, the four evangelists are often shown as like humanized animals. And what is this all about? 
what I think it is, is like we, a human being is like built in layers, right? Like, and the lowest layer is our animal nature. Um, like, and we do have an animal nature. We do have instincts and appetites in common with the animals, you know, food, sex, like all of these things are, we have share in common with the animals, right? Um, and the reason I think though, these, these cultures all around the world, including Christianity show these images is that they're saying that our human nature, our higher nature, I should say, like our, our reason, our spiritual awareness has to rule the lower, has to rule and master those animal appetites. And what we've, the condition we find ourselves in, naturally speaking, is that the animal appetites are usually ruling us <laughs> most of the mm -hmm. time. Those, those, those lower nature, those lower forces are ruling us. But that's the work of growing as a human person and growing as a son of God is learning to master those so that you can become, uh, you know, like the fully human in the sense of ruling those lower appetites, ruling those. They're not wrong, they're not, but they get disordered and then they cause pain and turmoil and heartache and destruction. And so we have to rule those and kind of unite them to our spiritual nature because right now they're they're kind of running amok <laughs> so at any rate just on the right. side there on um on self-mastery yeah no i appreciate that i very much do and i think that that's what i it's it's not easy but it's something that's um hard not only for us but also for um fathers to communicate to their children right and, and it's not a denying of the emotions i think and you do such a good job sam talking about that is that i think we kind of get this wrong right that becomes stoicism right this idea of, of denying emotions and, and not needing god's grace and just gonna have to do it you know push it deep down and do it by yourself but that's not our faith and um and you know but but you're right. The emotions can't be in control of us. And so that's what we have to, um, emotions can be very good, but at the same time, we have to, we have to not allow them to control us. We have to appreciate their presence, uh, within us, but at the same time, know when to, uh, allow our reason and our intellect and, and our, our higher being to, to really move and to guide us appropriately. So I think that's such a, such an important point. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I said it was the last thing. I'll say one more thing real quick, though. Um, but like, um, what you're saying is is exactly right because um, the other day I, I was found the Lone Ranger original Lone Ranger episodes um, and, and yeah. was playing them for our boys. Um, I used to love Lone Ranger, but and too, I had yeah. never seen the first episodes because you could only watch what was available on TV in those days, That's right. <laughs> those mm -hmm. ancient days. Um, but one of the first episodes, he meets his horse, um, and it's this wild stallion, and yeah. he's got to win it over, and he's got to break that horse. Um, and at first, the horse is super resistant to that, um, but eventually, he conquers that horse, and then it becomes one of his most trusted friends and allies. And that's the thing about yeah. our emotions and passions and instincts and all of these things. They're not wrong. God made them, but they can be like these wild animals inside where it's just like they're taking us for, you know, they're, they're dangerous. But when we tame them and learn to ride them, 
uh, so to speak, using the analogy, of course, but like, like they can be powerful allies if they're harnessed and they're under control, but otherwise they can, they can be very destructive. So it's about learning to master those and win them over. So, yeah. Amen. Well, Sam, you want to take us into relationships and, um, and that aspect uh, the third pillar, right? Or third category here as, as growing in holiness, but at the same time growing as men and as the men that God has uh, created us and desires us to be. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the reasons we put your relationship with yourself or self-mastery first is because often your quality of your relationships is dependent on the quality of your relationship to yourself. So if you have a disordered relationship with yourself and those passions and instincts are ruling, so to speak, if you're going to import that right in your relationships and you're most likely going to have dysfunctional relationships in your life. So it is important. But the, as Jesus said, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And once you have a healthy relationship with yourself, then you can have a healthy relationship with your neighbor. Um, but really, like, we're it's all connected, like you said at the beginning, all your relationship with God, your relationship with yourself and self-mastery but also your relationship with others, they're all connected. And the quality of one inevitably affects the quality of the others. But yes, we are made for relationship. I mean, if you look at scripture, um, especially the New Testament, um, there's a there's a specific Greek word, and I can't remember it right this second, but it, it's translated as one another. Like, love mm -hmm. one another, serve mm -hmm. one another, be patient with one another. All these like one another phrases occur over like a hundred times in the New Testament. But there's this this very clear sense that um, we're all connected. We're all related. There's no such thing mm -hmm. as, you know, being saved alone as a Catholic. You know, and Protestants are very, very individual religion a lot of times, a very individual faith, just me and Jesus, me and my Bible, you know, my soul and God, like, but... And Catholicism is very communal awareness that our Father give us this day our daily bread. And so many of our prayers reflect that, like pray for us sinners, not pray for me, pray for all of us. And um, so I think our relationships with the, with others are central to our Catholic faith. It's so true. It absolutely is. I'm so grateful. You, you took one of them, right? Yeah, the second and great, uh, the first and greatest commandment to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like onto it to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, you know, on, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And I think that is, is just so perfect because that's what Christ said. He united the two. And, and there's a reason for, right? We can go through the theology of God being, we were created in the Imago Dei or the image of God and God being uh, three, um, three persons in one being and an, in an entire interchange of love uh, that, uh, that we, are, we are required to. I want to turn quickly to Gaudi Metzbez. Um, I think that there is a line there that says it <clears throat> so beautifully that I've yet to fall, find one that, that says it as well. If you, if you know of one, uh, another quote about our relationship with fellow man and, and the, the necessity for us in growing uh, in holiness and being instruments of grace and, 
And uh, again, the men that God wants us to be, please put them in the comments section. I'd love to love to read it. But the one that just comes to mind to me while you were talking was the likeness reveals that man, this is talking about the likeness of, of us as men to God, the father, um, Christ and the Holy Ghost. This likeness reveals that man who is the only creature on earth, which God willed for itself, cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. And that last part, right? Except through a sincere gift of himself, men can't actually find yourself. You actually don't know. And we're not talking about the difference between an introvert or an extrovert and how extroverts, um, we're talking about loving people regardless of who they are. We're not talking about whether you like to be around people or not. You know, we're talking about actually like an act of the will, right? Uh, uh, of choosing love and choosing forgiveness and choosing gratefulness for uh, all that is in your life and all the people that God has given uh, to your life. And and so that's what we're talking about to, to build this relationship. And that's what's so necessary. And here's the thing, guys, if you are in control with your passions, um, I can't remember the quote exactly, but I know in spiritual combat, Dom Lorenzo Scupoli said something along the lines of, um, you know, a man who has given himself to his desires or his passions can no longer give to others what is not his because he is a slave to those things which he has given himself to. And I remember being gut punched on that, but it all kind of goes back to to the reality of of this is love. This is what it's this is what we're all called to be and how we're called to be in communion with each other. And, and if you're not working on this, if you're not aware of this and then, you know, praying about this and working on this, um, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be unhappy. You're going to be, um, missing purpose and guidance in life. And again, we were in full communion prior to the fall. And now because of the fall and because of, um, original sin and sin in our lives, this is not something that we are prone to do all the time. And uh, for some of us, more so than others. And so definitely in, in, encourage us to be aware of this and encourage us to start giving yourself more to others, not expecting anything in return. And I'm not, again, not talking about altruism. I like to always, every time I say something like that, I, I hear the claims of, you know, we're not altruistic. No, the difference between self-gift and altruism is that in self-gift, you don't lose yourself. You actually find yourself. In, uh, in altruism, you, you, you do, you lose your identity, right? Because it... It's, um, it's different. So anyways, um, those are my thoughts on relationship, just jumping off of what you were saying, Sam. Yeah. Um, so last thing I'll say about this is like, we were talking earlier about sacrifice, how like God gives himself to us, you know, this is my body given for you. Uh, you know, this is the blood of the new covenant. Like this is me giving my life to you. Like God is always doing that. He's always pouring himself out for his creation. You know, there's this, this word, Greek word, kenosis or self-emptying. He's like pouring himself out um, so that everything can live. Um, but uh, the interesting thing about the Eucharist is we receive it and it becomes part of us. And we are meant to live our lives Eucharistically as well. In the sense that we are to say to our neighbor, like, this is my body given for you. Like, we are also supposed to pour ourselves out 
because we are united to Christ in the Eucharist and we are supposed to live his life after him, right? So if he's emptying himself and sacrificing himself for us in love, like we are required as well. And, and, and the more we share in Christ's life, the more we are to live Eucharistically and also empty ourselves for those around us, for our families, for our neighbors, our co-workers. Like our life is to be a living sacrifice patterned after the Eucharist, a living sacrifice of love, praise, thanksgiving. Um, and and that is, that is our calling as, as Catholic men. Uh, it's a pretty high calling. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty... Um, but what we're, you know, one thing that I think really helps, and Mother Teresa was, was so, St. Teresa of Calcutta was so, articulates this so beautifully, but we're loving God in our neighbor. Like we're, we're loving God in our neighbor. Um, and, it, you know, it's like, well, the last thing I'll say is <laughs> sacrifice. The word sacrifice means to make holy. But in mm -hmm. God's original plan, mm -hmm. Everything is holy. So you're just really returning it to the state it was originally meant to be in. Mm. Um, and by mm. loving our neighbor, we're acknowledging their original dignity as made in the image and likeness of God. That's what God really made everyone to be. Uh, and, and by loving them in a self-emptying way, we're just acknowledging who they really are in God's eyes. Maybe the world sees them as offcast, out, you know, outcasts, like you know, unlovely, like unattractive, whatever. But the world has its own criteria, right? But in God's eyes and God's plan, they are beloved and they are made in His image. Um, and so, love as a sacrifice is making them that neighbor holy, acknowledging the holiness that's in a sense already there because they're made in God's image. Um, so again, there's just a Eucharistic pattern to our calling as Catholic men. And it's, it's not easy. Um, but hey, like, that's what we're called to. It's an adventure. It's a challenge. Um, let's rise to the occasion. So. Amen. Yeah, thank you so much. A sacrifice means to make holy. And that's exactly right. I mean, I, I I've either heard that it said or it's popping in my brain. I don't know that like Catholicism, we're, we're the original humanism. We're the, the, the true humanism, right? Like, I mean, we understand the dignity of every human person and we have to work towards that. I think that's just uh, such a great way to wrap up um, this, uh, this podcast and, and our growth on relationships. And just to finish with what Sam was saying, men, it's hard. It is. It's, it's so difficult. The stresses of life, right? Sam and I are constantly needing these reminders. These shows help us bring these reminders to us. And so that's what we're doing with this Catholic Gentleman Plus is that it's ongoing. It's going because your journey, your faith life is ongoing. It's it's categorized appropriately so that you can return to things time and time again and that you can journey with us. We're bringing those experts on. We're bringing we're having live Q&As. There's going to be uh, uh, class spiritual classics each each month, a new spiritual classics coming out. It's, it's pretty phenomenal uh, what we've been able to put together. But this is just the beginning. Right. So it's going to keep on growing um, with with more and more incredible things for men. Because we need these reminders, we need these constant uh, support. We need each other, right? And and that's where that's where we can bring this, uh, so that we can become men today that stand into the breach. That we can become men today that that love with a masculine heart, that um, guide with masculine strength, and that um, are in control of of our passions so that we can better live for for others and obviously live for God and in, in what He's calling us to. So. 
check it out, catholicgentlemanplus.com. We've got a launch special that's going on June 1st through June 5th. And so if you get it before then, uh, you're going to get some exclusive discounts. We also have some like a welcome package and things like that that are going to come. So anyways, um, praise God that he has uh, allowed us to bring this to men. And and we're so grateful for him uh, through our blessed mother. And we entrust all things to her. So the last part of our episode, we're going to go on is to quotes that uh, that move the heart and that keep us on track. Um, I just made that up. So hopefully that's uh, that's what they do for you. <laughs> and and so with that, my first quote that uh, actually my only quote uh, that I brought up is uh, it is in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, but it was written by uh, St. Ambrose. And um, and it it reads it's one of my favorite uh, sections in the catechism. And it reads that man is rightly called a king who makes his own body an obedient subject and by governing himself with suitable rigor refuses to let his passions breed rebellion in his soul. For he exercises a kind of royal power over himself. And because he knows how to rule his own person as king, so too does he sit as its judge. He will not let himself be imprisoned by sin or thrown headlong into wickedness. And that's what we're called to be, man. We are called to be kings and we are kings, right? We have the royal kingship of Christ that by our baptism, we were adopted sons, daughters of Christ. And we are the adopted sons of God. And we have to not only understand who God is, but also work to um, to love more and to guide more and to work on these things actively in our own lives. So anyways, just grateful for the conversation. Uh, St. Ambrose, uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, I think it's... Um, in the 900s paragraphs um but uh but hopefully that's one that you can return to and and remember yeah yeah i love that quote that is an amazing amazing quote um and the one that i have is from saint augustine uh kind of a famous one uh love god and do whatever you please for the soul trained in love to god will do nothing to offend the one who is beloved. And I think that just mm. says it all right there. And it, But it involves training. It involves effort, um, as we discussed. So, But once you've arrived at that love, like you would, ne- you would not do anything to harm that relationship with God. Um, and I think uh, that really says it all about, in a very simple way, what we were trying to say in this episode. So... Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, Sam. I'm grateful. And uh, thank you all our listeners for hanging with us. You are in our prayers. And as we end each of our episodes. Be a man, be a saint.